Hey everyone, my name is Braden French and welcome to Season 8 of Work Experience Podcast. Yeah, no, I think this is too long. I think we're going to have to cut it. They're a little tuned out, but oh, hello, welcome to the podcast. Yes, welcome back to the podcast. Braden here. We're back episode 94 and thanks for everyone who got in touch saying how great it was that we're back and in appreciation of our chat with Joel McCaro it was lots of fun and it's just the beginning of our home stretch series Uh, you'll notice that I didn't actually mention we've called this series the home stretch uh, except in the episode title but we are viewing this as the home stretch of 2020 it's been a hell of a year But we are going to help you get through these last few months with some fantastic conversations. And today's is no different. In fact, I'd go on record as saying that perhaps this whole work experience podcast project is justified in today's conversation. Big call, I know. But I'm so stoked that Elliot is our guest today. And I want to let him tell his story. But I hope you can stick around. It's quite a profound story and there's so much in it that the church can learn about how we welcome those in the LGBT community and how we can journey alongside young people. As we flagged on our Facebook this week we've got two episodes so today we're chatting with Elliot and later in the week we're chatting with Phoebe Parkin. Phoebe is the youth president in the Methodist Church of England and so join us for that a double episode week uh We're just full of surprises here in the podcast team. You'll never know what you're going to get. Uh, But without further ado, I'm going to hand over to our chat with Elliot Nicholas. Joined here uh, on another episode of Home Stretch with my mate Elliot Nicholas. Elliot, do you want to say g'day to everyone? Uh, G'day, everybody. Um, Yeah, my name's Elliot. Uh, I'm the the son of a other podcaster, a rival podcaster. Yep. Um, And I'm a VCE student. I'm 17. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Where's, where's home? Oh, I, um, Geelong. Yeah. Uh, mostly East, East Geelong. So, um, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Southeast. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to rip into some of that, but I did want to start, you know, it's, uh, where are we now? We're at the end of September, 2020 and, uh, you've been, you're in year 11 doing VCE and you've spent probably at least half this year doing that online what's what's that experience been like um it's it's had its up and downs um like some days i'll be on a roll actually that's most days but most days i'm on a roll i'm in front of my work and i've got good grades and um and all that kind of stuff but other days you know the comfort of my own home if you can see my dog that's how i feel (laughs) some (laughs) days when i'm working because it's like oh i'm in my bedroom so i just want to relax and sit down and sometimes that's gotten me in a spot of trouble but i'm i'm pretty sure that's probably how every other student is because i've gone you know i've gone from going to a, a, a physical place to work and to study and to switch on to coming home and switching off. But now that I'm in uh, isolation and that kind of stuff, I'm supposed to switch on in the place that I usually switch off. So yeah. it's kind of difficult for me to actually stay motivated and stay, well, I have to do my schoolwork even though I'm in my bedroom. So 
yeah, it's um, it's had its ups and downs, yeah. For sure. And I mean, um, how's the home broadband going? Because, you know, everyone's oh. trying to do this. <laughs> People, everyone's working. Uh, you know, are you take Have you had to have a roster system? This is when I want. Yeah, you know, yeah. peak access. Yeah, we've had to. Um, uh, what's it called? We've had to like structure our streaming. So most of the time, if if one of us wants to watch Netflix, we have to wait until somebody else is done with their call, and then they log off and do the schoolwork, and then someone else can just go to town on Netflix and. Um, and usually we like to walk around the house and go, I'm about to hop on. So can I have the internet <laughs> yeah, for yeah. a couple of minutes? For um, sure. When, yeah. I remember back in sort of April, May, which feels forever ago. I was, we were mm. doing this online TV show on Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday nights. And I would literally say no one can watch TV. Like yeah. everything goes <laughs> off because I need yeah. as much internet as we've got to mm-hmm. make this yeah. thing work. So yeah, no, um, yeah. who would have thought, who would have thought now, um, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck, mate. Returning to school term four, is that the plan? Yes, I'm excited. I can't wait to go back. Um, yeah. I miss the environment. I miss, because um, what I, I used to do is I used to go to class and then during recess and lunch, I used to go into the study hall and work work my way through that. Um, so I, I can't wait to get that time back. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Uh, for us, well, I mean, this will... This is recorded. This isn't live, people. Podcasts aren't live. They're pre-recorded. But uh, we're in the middle of the school holiday break. And, you know, life's about to change again next week with the return to school and restrictions continue to ease. Uh, now, Elliot, next question. You are part of a, a most misunderstood, maligned, often degraded part of society. And that is that you are the child of two Uniting Church ministers. What is that like? Um, it's, well, I can't speak on behalf of everybody who's got two church ministers as parents, but, um, my, uh, in my opinion is very much misunderstood, like, um, especially in, in my position with my gender identity, um, whenever I actually explain my parents' occupation and my parents' professions to other people, they go, oh, so how did they take it? How were they actually okay with it? Like, did yep. they kick you out or anything? And it's like, no, that's not that's not who they are. Because I've got probably yeah, I've got three or four different extended family members who are part of the LGBT as well, yep. and um, and they're completely fine. Like they are easy as and um, and even towards religion and stuff like that, they don't try and force religion onto me or my brothers. They tend to just, they like having conversations about religion, but even then it's not like, you know, you you can't have children until you're married and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can't get a divorce or whatever. Um, like it's very relaxed. And um, and most of the time I, I even forget that they are church ministers because um, they don't behave like what yep. um, church ministers behave if, if like the stereotypical yeah. you know um kind of salem <laughs> um <laughs> you know you know they only wear black and they have top hats or whatever and they're amish or whatever and they don't believe in stuff but yeah. both of my parents are so into sci-fi and so into board games and you know they're they're okay with testing the religious boundaries and and actually looking at how churches can evolve and, you know, they're, they're very much uh, not 
stereotypical church ministers and stuff like that. So I think it's, um, I think it's funny. <laughs> like so, I, yeah. So they're good parents then you'd reckon? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. They, um, yeah, they, uh, they're very good at um, parenting. Um, although I, I'm not a parent, so I wouldn't know what. Oh, mate, it's easy. Average. Anyone can do it. <laughs> it's easy. Oh, that's good to know. Um, yeah. so I, yeah, I, I just, I kind of consider them to just be parents and, you know, most of the time, ever since I kind of started being more honest with myself, I actually had a, a dodgy relationship with my parents. And then I was like, you know, I actually need them on my side. I need them to work with me. And, and I used to always think of them as, you know, people who would control, who control my life or who always say no, who never allow me to have fun or do anything like that. And, and I was just kind of being blind to stuff that um, that's not really necessary. And, yeah. and uh, like, Oh, they won't let me uh, stay up until two o'clock in the morning. They suck. Like when actually they, they care about your sleeping habits. So, and um and when I just started, you know, having a look at myself and I was like, oh, well, hang on a second. They're actually being pretty all right. Like they're, they're being pretty reasonable here. Like <laughs> you, you're just, you're just trying to break the boundaries and that's not on. So, um, yeah, they're, they're really excellent. So it's been great. Yeah. Well, just in the background, we can hear your mother crying with pride. Yep. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, no, yeah, there your, we go. <laughs> your, your, your folks are, are good value. Um, mm. And yeah, look, parenting, yeah, anyone can do it. Um, so, mm. you know, that's, there's, there's the, um, the clip from this week's episode, parenting, anyone can do it. Um, now, nice. you, you referenced it in there. And uh, Elliot, I do want to, in a sense, hand the mic to you. Um, I'm really honoured that you would come on our podcast and share some of your story. And I want to invite you to do that uh, now. Uh, and then we're going to have a conversation uh, a little bit about um, maybe how, uh, you know, the church and the religious community, what we might learn, uh, how we could uh, improve uh, and, and learn together and, and try and be this, this uh, community of love uh, that, that we're called to. But before we get into those questions, uh, I'm going to yeah, shut up at my end and let you share some of your story, mate, and then um, I'll pick up the mic again nice um so as i mentioned earlier i'm actually part of the lgbt uh specifically uh transgender i um came out uh oh geez probably two years ago now or maybe just over a year and a half i, I don't know it, isolation has changed every <laughs> time every yep. aspect of time that i that i know COVID. um yep. yeah yeah pretty yep. definitely before covid um and that was actually when I, because uh, I I used to live in Tasmania, and um, that was actually when I was actually starting to think about gender and in that kind of stuff. But I was actually in a school that was very Christian, like very heavily um, uh, against you know homosexuality or LGBT or whatever. And a couple of and I and I had a conversation with a couple of my friends at the time about it and they were like oh don't don't say that kind of stuff we don't because you'll get if you get caught you'll you'll be in trouble and I was like oh okay I don't really like that um uh so I actually um when my parents told me that we were moving from Tasmania to Victoria because um because of their jobs um 
I was actually very happy. I was very yeah. excited because I was like, okay, this is a new slate. I'm going to come out. I'm going to work it hard. I'm going to transition. I'm going to get the life that I deserve. And, um, and I got out there. And as soon as we moved, probably November, uh, we moved in July. And then uh, November that year, I said to my parents um, uh, that, hey, mum, hey, dad, I actually think I might be a boy like um uh and I and I think I want to go by the name Elliot now and I think I want to go by he and him and they um and there was a lot of tears because <laughs> um because that was like a big big scary moment yep. um and even though it was scary I knew that they were going to be okay they were going to be okay with it um because um you know I've got three or four different other family members who are LGBT and one of them is transgender as well. Um, but she's transgender female. Um, so I knew that they were going to be okay with it. Um, but I didn't know how I was going to be okay because I now had to get used to, um, well, I, they now had to get used to calling me by a completely different name, which for the past 15 years, 14 or 15 years never existed. And, um, and yeah, that, that's, um, there was a couple of slip ups, but ever since probably four or five months since I came out, they were like on the ball, like they were all good with it. Um, and that was excellent. Uh, and then when I was in school, I actually came out to my, um, uh, history teacher, which is also my, uh, year level coordinator. He's a legend. <laughs> um, and I got in touch with the school's doctor because the school has like a little uh, medical program. So they have psychologists and doctors and stuff like that. And I got in touch with a psychologist and um, a career, uh, not a career, um, like a, a school uh, youth worker and stuff like that. And I was having a chat with them for a while. And then they were like, okay, we'll go into the system. We'll change your name. We'll change your pronouns and we'll get that done. So, um, and that was really good. And then the scariest thing was that I actually had to come out to all of my peers and all of my classes and, um, and they were all totally different people and I didn't know how they were going to react. Um, and, um, but yeah, honestly, uh, things turned out pretty all right because I didn't really have any, you know, bullying or anything like that everyone kind of was like oh that makes sense yeah <laughs> like oh I, I can see it now that I can see it now like that that works um and I and I yeah that was pretty cool like it was very scary but after like thinking back to it now I go well that was actually really good like really great yeah, so wow. yeah yeah I mean um thank you for sharing um it is mm-hmm. a privilege to hear that story and mm. and I oh, we chatted beforehand and I I want to ask you questions um, and I'm only asking you to speak on your behalf. In no way are we, you know, we don't want to uh, generalize. It's not your job, Um, but I'm hoping that you might be able to help us uh, learn a bit more and, and, and do this better. I remember um, a couple of years ago when uh, you, we were Facebook friends. I think we, we connected at various gatherings and, and yeah, yeah. I guess it would be, would you call it your coming out story on Facebook? Is that a fair? Yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah. I, um, I posted a huge letter actually that I, yeah. forgot, I forgot about. Um, I think that was May or something like that last it, year or the year before. 
I posted it and it was like nearly a thousand words. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it felt yeah. like an email from an old person uh, because they just <laughs> go on forever. But I, oh, I, yeah. I distinctly remember reading it and mm. I, I think I actually turned to my wife and I said, Hey, check this out. And it, mm. it simply was one of those moments where, um, you know, you think, wow, the, the, the strength and, and also the humility and, and, and the story that is that that simple post conveys, I was, I was just in awe and, 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 you know, it's, um, you know, a couple of years later or however, you know, it was at least pre COVID we've established that. Yeah. And um, have this conversation um, and, you know, and let, the, the audience eavesdrop um, has been, you know, a real thrill for me and a real uh, privilege. Yeah, so yeah. I want to, I've got a couple of questions. Um, and one we also acknowledged beforehand is the importance of language and terminology and that sort of thing. And, and mm. even, um, you know, we've begun to see uh, helpfully in, in more mainstream people identifying their own pronouns um, and, and how they want to be, uh, addressed what does that what does it say to you how do you receive it when someone um, who isn't part of the lgbt community still acknowledges their own pronouns and seeks to use inclusive uh, language what what does that say to you and, and why is it worth the effort for uh, those people well, i think uh it's just it's great it's uh it's the same as respecting anyone who is of a different religion or of the different, cause you wouldn't say the Bible, if you were talking to a Jewish person, you'd say the Quran or, mm. or something like that. You'd, you'd want to respect their beliefs and their traditions and stuff like that. It's the same with LGBT people like, um, you know, being non-binary or gender fluid and stuff like that, especially talking about pronouns that you might've never heard before, like Zay or Zem or, or they or them. And, stuff like that um, and, and names that you might, that might be hard to pronounce. If those things always happen, you just, it's good to have honesty and communication between those people. Cause even though it might seem awkward, it, it's better to be, to be awkward and be honest than to be incorrect and rude to somebody. Yeah. Um, and it's good to say, well, listen, I actually have no idea how, how to pronounce this name. How do you pronounce that name or um, and stuff like that. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's good for allies. It's good for people who might not consider themselves to be LGBT to respect and to um, acknowledge LGBT members of the, of the community um, to, because it means that it's, um, it means that uh, it gives the person who is LGBT uh more confidence in themselves and it's good for self-esteem and it's good for, you know, mental health because you don't know what's brought them to change their name or what's brought them to, to change their pronouns or you don't know what their history is or their, you know, if they might be suffering from, from a mental illness or something else like that. Um, and maybe calling them by their birth name or by the wrong pronouns could actually have serious, uh, uh, not side effects, but serious um, results. Like, you yeah. know, they might actually get upset or they might, you know, get flashbacks or they might relapse or anything like that. So it's good for people to respect that kind of stuff because it might be a mental health thing or it's just, it's just nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, absolutely. That's kind of it. 
Look, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the emphasis on the respect there um, mm. and that erring on respect and inclusion at, at the risk of you making a mistake rather mm. than, you know, not and, and possibly causing offence. Yeah, or probably yeah. causing offence, I think. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. will want to encourage people to err on that. Um, on that, I've, I, recently I've uh, connected with uh, Minus 18, the organisation, and, uh, and a shameless plug for them. Uh, some of their resources around um, terminology. Uh, I went to an amazing thing around the differences between sex, gender, and sexuality. Um, and that was just mm-hmm. really yeah. helpful as, as someone who would seek to be an ally of the LGBT community to, to just continually learn and, and to uh, hold ourselves accountable, I think is a, is a really good starting point. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, um, it's good because yeah. it means that, uh, because the reason like, you know, major events like Pride and stuff like that, the reason why that stuff is around today is because about 50 years ago, that hostility towards each other, like that tension mm. between, uh, you know, um, allies like heterosexual cisgendered um that kind of stuff with uh you know transgender or non-binary or gay or bisexual like that kind of stuff that's why we have pride because um it it shows that even though lgbt is the uh is the um is the main event is the main uh opinion like the main um what's it called uh the main uh Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, even though LGBT is the main theme, like, uh, and the and the main thing that's actually circulating towards, it's good to have uh, stereotypical lives, stereotypical people to actually to actually still be there, because it because it means that those people go, I see you, I hear you, I understand you, and I appreciate you and I respect you for that. So that's always good. Um, yeah. And it's awesome. good. It's, it's good for stereotypical lives, like people to um, uh, appreciate that more because their lives are so different. But if you have somebody who's who's gay who appreciates another gay person or respects another gay person it's like a mutual relatability understanding but it's completely different when an ally respects a gay person because it goes i understand that you're like i understand that your life is so different to mine and i still respect like i respect you for it like um and i respect your difference so yeah it's it's really helpful yeah yeah good and i think as well um that I'm learning and, and practicing do I do when I do introduce myself to identify as a cisgendered male um, because that I, I'm told that that prevents us from this sort of normal and not normal dichotomy that mm. actually we're all human yes. and, and the way we talk matters. And so we can, we can change that up. Now you mentioned pride um, mm. and I, I wanted to ask again for only for your experience, um, you know, Everyone loves to, you know, get on whether it's Pride Day, you know, or uh, up in Sydney it was it was Mardi Gras or Wear It Purple Days, um, and there's been a, I think the more you connect, the more you realise there are uh, visibility days, uh, whether it be bisexual visibility or with this message yeah. of we see you and we hear you, um, 
what it, what's your experience of those? Are they something that, um, is it, is it a case of the more the merrier in terms of people acknowledging and celebrating those days? Or is it, should they be a catalyst for, for more? Like, I, uh, as a tangent, I know that if I've had Indigenous uh, guests on this podcast, uh, we speak about, you know, celebrations like NADOC Week and stuff. But, yeah, NADOC Week, yeah, yeah. But that, we ha- that has to be a catalyst to better relationships all year rather than mm-hmm. just... You know, we don't want to just be an ally during Pride Week and yeah. we're at Purple Day. So what's, yeah. what's your experience of that? And, and how do we celebrate that well um, as whole communities, um, both those within the LGBT community and those um, outside that community? How do we celebrate those well? Um, well, I think it's, it's something that you've already mentioned before, but getting educated in the LGBT community uh, uh, like um, what's it called? Uh, getting educated in the words, the language that is used, um, and making sure that you actually know the difference between what's offensive and what is actually okay to say. Um, and that's a that's a thin and grey line. Like it's hard to tell um, what what is offensive or what what might be offensive for somebody else but might be okay for another person everybody is different in the lgbt and across the world um but yeah i think pride is um especially the pride that i went to in geelong um i actually went there with my whole family um i brought a trans flag with me i had a couple of conversations with some awesome people of all different sexualities and genders and um and i was talking to them and they were like yeah it's cool that it's cool that there's another transgender guy just like walking around yeah. child and pride and i was like yeah this is great because it means that um it means you get to you know you show your you show your true colors and you're actually okay with and you're in a you're in a good environment you're in a safe environment you can actually be who you want to be without being attacked or being judged or being marginalized or anything like that and um, throughout the rest of the day in Pride, there were stalls up everywhere. Like there were, um, I think there was a wear at port, uh, there was a wear at purple stall, like yep. with donations and and actual pamphlets and flyers and stuff like that, talking about how can you be more accepting and more, um, how can you relate more? How can you be more respectful? How can you, um, yeah, how, how can you just be a better ally and all that kind of stuff? Um, there were so many different stalls with so many different education, you know, pamphlets and, um, and posters and stuff that you could actually look at. And um, that's what I really appreciate about Pride because it's, it's not just about, um, you know, a big disco or a big party and then it's over. Yeah. Um, it's not what it's about. It's about going there, um, being in amongst that environment, feeling safe enough in public with with other people who might not necessarily be part of LGBT um, but are still there anyway because they actually respect you and they um, and they want to celebrate your life and they want to celebrate your difference and your variety um, so yeah this it's just it's so great seeing uh, different types of buildings and stalls and stuff with education and um, like Beyond Blue was there, um, the Are You OK Day Foundation was there, which is excellent, um, and Wear It Purple obviously was there uh, because they are just so 
in the in the mindset of yep. LGBT awareness and safety and all that kind of stuff. So it's good to get yourself educated because that way you can actually catch yourself. You can actually go, well, hang on a second. I, what I meant to say was they are or, or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's good to have um, education like in, in those days. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one last question, and this is where a lot of listeners will begin to squirm because you've mentioned mm. uh, safety. And I think Mm, that's key. And I want to ask you about churches, Um, Mm. partly because, you know, you've got a unique perspective uh, as the, you know, son of two ministers, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but also, you know, the church has a pretty reprehensible history when it comes to the greater LGBT community. Mm. And, and I would only assume it's even worse for the trans community uh, in terms of welcoming, in terms of honoring um, and, and we have to do some institutional hard work at that. So if you could be so gracious, I guess that's my request, you know, what are, you know, what are some things that you would want to say to churches, to, to leaders, to, to people in churches, um, about that, that would genuinely hope to be places of welcome? Um, what are, is, is there advice? Is there, um, is there a message that you would, that you could share based again, based solely on your experience or is it, is it too big? Is it too hard? I mean, what, what's your uh, thoughts when we talk about churches who would hope to welcome uh, those of the trans and the greater LGBT Mm. community? What would you say? I think it can be done um, because I've already seen it happen in both my mom and my dad's church um, congregations and stuff like that. Um, uh, because um, probably almost the day or the week that I came out and had a new identity, um, even when I wasn't there, my my dad's uh, chairman would would um, would say, you know, how's Elliot going? How's he doing? And and yep. that kind of stuff. And they uh, and both congregations do a, an absolute amazing job. They they both. Uh, you know, even if they uh, slip up and stuff like that, even when I'm not there, you know, and they're talking to my mum or my dad, they go, oh, sorry, I meant to say he or something like that. You know, they actually, they work on it because they actually understand that um, if they don't, then that repels, that repels people and they want the church to grow and they want the church to be better and and that kind of stuff. So um, one thing that I that I think would make churches across all of Australia better is if they actually had uh, like a, like a representation of LGBT in the church. Like they had like a, you know, um, I've got it in my room. We have a, a, we support a LGBT sticker and we have flags and rainbows and stuff like that across our house. And, and I think having that, in that space as a visual um uh, as a visual light and a visual sign it makes lgbt people go oh okay this this seems okay because obviously if that sign is there then majority of the people in that community community is okay with with me being there and i'm safe here um but if if there isn't an actual visual sign that's obvious then it, it makes LGBT people go, well, hang on a second. Am I okay? Am I, am I doing all right? Like, do I need to back out and wait or 
can I can I actually take part in the service or something like that? Yeah. Um, which I think is a very good thing to have, um, especially if church congregations want to grow um, because the church church communities are kind of like dying <laughs> yeah. at the moment as a person who, who goes to church and a person who um, I'm probably, probably one of 20 in the whole of my school that actually goes to church. Yeah. Um, and that, that says something um, because some people in my school don't feel like they're going to be represented properly. And if that's about religion or if that's about sex or gender or um, race or culture, that kind of stuff, it's still there. And it's good for any denomination or any uh, minority to be represented in a place where the majority actually like go to, because it means that um, it also means that the majority of people that go there, like, you know, cisgender, heterosexual, that kind of stuff, when they go there, they actually go, okay, hang on a second. Why is that there? Like, why, why are we supporting trans rights? Like what, what is that? And then it, you know, it it gets their uh, curiosity. It goes, well, what is trans rights? Like, and then, and then they get themselves educated and they spread the word and then that kind of stuff. So it's all, it's always good to have signs of, um, support and respect um because not only does it make the minority in question or the minority uh, that's actually being represented to feel safer but it also might actually spark interest and respect and understanding in other people um because uh, one of the biggest um one of the biggest reasons why i have experienced um, not bullying, but harassment or, uh, like, um, I don't know what, what would it be, but one of the reasons why I've experienced, you know, harassment and other things like that, like, uh, not an attack, but, you know, maybe verbal abuse or something like that is, is mostly because of ignorance, like, because people just don't understand and they don't, and they don't know how to understand. And they feel like the only way to actually get rid of, the awkwardness is to just pick a, pick a side if that makes sense. But, um, and, and I have actually talked to a lot of people who have had issues with me in the past and gone, well, actually, do you know what this means? Like, do you know that that might actually hurt somebody? And then they go, Oh, hang on. No, I didn't know. Um, so yeah, it's always good to have, um, visual like, yeah, support and, um, yeah. So, (laughs) mate, um, on a, for listeners on the show page, we're going to drop a bunch of links to organisations or resources that can help your church community uh, explore that uh, and 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 do the hard work uh, that leads to some of those statements and and gestures that Elliot's mentioned. So, uh, workxpc.com, uh, check them out, and and there's there's plenty there. Um, Elliot, I just want to like. It's, it's been a privilege to hear your story. And, and I think I need to acknowledge that, you, that even that last conversation is, was extraordinarily gracious because we could have easily just listed uh, um, what I'm sure is a, a long story of, of inappropriate behaviour um, by the church. So I want to thank you for your honesty and, your, and the hope that you have. Um, and, yeah, so 
mate, it's been an absolute joy uh, to, to share this chat with you. Uh, I want to finish with two questions that I think are, are possibly the most important. One is, uh, if you have to choose which church to go to of your parents, <laughs> is it a competition? Do they keep a tally? Um, well, mostly, most of the time, I go to mum's church so because she it's closer. Ah, okay. um, like, um, but back in Tasmania, I used to go to neither of those churches. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I used to go to a completely different church, um, mostly because there was more kids there, so I could actually yeah. talk to more kids, um, and the food there was actually nicer. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's not usually a competition between them because they they know out of necessity. That's like what they, they know, sell you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they just go well. Which one do you feel like going to? And I've been to dad's church a few times, but I usually go to mom's church the most. Um, uh, plus, because there are more kids there, like there's yeah, not as many kids sure. at dad's church. There's young adults, but there's almost next to no kids. So, yeah, I usually go to whichever church has the most kids. Excellent. No, that, yeah. And look, there's a lesson in that for everyone. Um, mm. The other question is, so your dad, Will Nicholas, has been on this podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. I've been on his podcast once. Uh, Star Trek. I have you just been pretending to like it to keep your dad? No, happy? I love it. I love the idea of um, you know deep space adventures and going to see new civilization and um, and it's really I love sci-fi movies because they uh, sci-fi TV series and movies and stuff like that because they actually deal with really sensitive content, like really sensitive um, and struggling uh, themes like gender identity. Um, uh, That's actually been something in a a lot of different um, TV episodes in Deep Space Nine, Star Trek, Star Wars, like everywhere, Um, like all of that stuff. It's, it's a good way. It's a good outlet for exposing the, the less desirable, um, conflicts and tensions that humanity has between each other. Like there's there's a couple of episodes that have serious racism uh, content. Like like and they and they like to um, bring it out and they like to go. This is how we actually act as a as a race and yeah. and this is how we react to other people who are of different races. Like and we need to pick up our slack and pull our fingers out and actually work better. And, um, and it's good. I, I love sci-fi TV shows. I've been a fan of them forever. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and, and you do feature on a few of your dad's uh, deep yep. faith nine podcasts. Mm-hmm. So yep. people can check that out wherever they're listening to this podcast. Elliot, thank you so much for joining us here on work experience, mate. It's been an absolute joy. Um, yeah, thank you for again me, for your yeah. honesty, for your story, for who you are. Um, and for putting up with my probably naive questions for the last half an hour or so. Elliot, thank you for joining us. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. It was great. Just dropping back in here at the end of our chat with Elliot to once again thank him for his time and for sharing with us so generously and patiently. I hope you found that worthwhile. I told you at the beginning we've got a conversation with Phoebe coming up that I recorded at about 2 a.m. our time. There's also a big announcement, a big 
significant announcement coming up on Friday's episode. So I hope you can join us for that episode. Uh, As always, like, subscribe, retweet, tell your mum, review, rate, connect, however you want to engage, email, follow. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I hope you're finding this home stretch worthwhile and we'll talk to you again on Friday. You have completed work experience.